Here we go. Uh, let us now turn to our reading for the day of Surah Al-Asr. And after Surah Al-Asr, it's open QA for the community. And Surah Al-Asr, we're reading from Sayyidina Al-Imam Al-Baghawi. And Imam Al-Baghawi lived 400s Hijra. So he's very, very early on. But first, our sponsors. MeccaBooks.com is our first sponsor. MeccaBooks.com is a place to get your books for traditional knowledge. And then Professors One-to-One is a place where you can get tutoring. If you want to be a nurse, you want to be anything uh, that requires an exam, you could go to Professors One-to-One online or not online. Okay? Online or on site. And then Patreon.org or ArcView, sorry, sorry. ArcView.org where you're going to start and we're revamping the the page where you the landing page it's going to be so easy to use you're going to see all the classes that are pre-recorded and you're going to see all the classes in a nice beautiful list with the information that you need and then click boom link takes you right there to the class and then you will have what's live and then what's what's been already recorded people take these classes and we have now over 50 classes being offered, all age groups. So it's really benefiting a lot of people. And the whole point is that what I want, the whole point of that and Safina Press is that as we're talking, as we're dealing with people and a question comes up, boom, you could take this class. Boom, you can get that book, right? That's the whole point. And it's slowly working, okay? Or this live stream. All right, lastly, patreon.com backslash Safina Society. And uh, we really appreciate all your support. Patreon.com backslash Safina site is how you could be part of this with your sadaqah uh, and, uh, and with, your, with your help in that regard uh, if you can't physically be with us. Now today we turn to Surah Al-Asri. Wal-Asr qala ibn Abbasin radiallahu anhu huwa dahr Believe it or not, Al-Asr is, also means the squeezing. Some people have actually interpreted it that way. That the human being is squeezed. How is he squeezed? Between his life and his death. His birth and his death. Like, you're, you're jammed. You're, you don't exist however you want. You, you're going to exist from 1940 to 1990. Uh, you're going to only live 50 years. So, al-asr can also mean that. It also can mean the exhaustion of the human beings. Right? Human being is in constant kebet, constant exhaustion. Constantly, we're, 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 being, we're working hard. Wal-asr, okay? ibn Abbas, al-dahr. It's all of time. Asr, not just Salat al-Asr, but all of time. Also, it's interpreted as Salat al-Asr. وَقِيلَ مَعْنَاهُ وَرَبُّ الْعَصْرِ And the Lord of time. What is that? What, now, time is a very interesting creation. Was time created by itself? The answer is no. Time is a'arid. And in the classification of khalq, of creation, the ulama have said, there is jawhar, there is a jism and there is a arid what is the the, the jawhar is the smallest creation that allah created everything is created with jawahar so we would call that the atom the the thing that cannot be divided there must be because infinity is only for allah there must be something that is the smallest piece now we haven't seen it and we can't maybe even comprehend it because if you could visualize it it's if you visualize it you could split it in half Anything that you could split in half it cannot be the smallest possible particle. 
the Asha'ira said it is a dimensionless particle, right? That there must exist a dimensionless particle in any event. It's completely theoretical. It's called the Ash'ari atom. It's completely theoretical. That's called the jo- uh, 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 the, 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 the Johar. Then you have a jism. A jism is anything composed of two or more Johar. All Everything here is a jism. Okay? Even things that are extremely subtle. For example, radio waves, light waves. You can't see these things. Okay? Microwaves. You can't see them, but they do exist. You just can't. Just because we can't see them doesn't mean they don't exist. They must consist of some very subtle material substance. Malaika. They consist of a, a subtle material substance. Okay? Even if it's nur. Because nur is a substance. In any event, a jism is two or more jawahir. It's any, anything, basically. And even if something exists in the knowledge of Allah, it doesn't exist until it becomes a thing in this, uh, that, that, that is composed of matter. Okay? And what's the proof of that? Did not Sayyidina Zakariya exist in the knowledge of Allah? He did. Right? But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says about him, وَقَدْ خَلَقْتُكَ مِنْ قَبْلُ وَلَمْ تَكُ شَيْئًا So you are not a thing. You don't exist until you are physically brought into this existence. So existence in Allah's knowledge, Allah, yes, he has knowledge that he's going to exist, but that is not yet existence. Okay, so that also answers the question, mere abstractions in our minds, are not, just because something exists as an abstraction in your mind doesn't mean it exists. Okay? Next is you have arad. What is arad? Arad is that thing which only exists upon something else. Like what? Color. So the whiteness does not exist. Greenness does not exist until something green is created. So time is likewise arad. You could perceive it as this. Okay? Um, You could perceive it that time is arad. So nothing, you cannot have time unless you're measuring it against something. So there's got to be some matter before time exists. So time is a arad of, of existence. You could perceive it as that. And there's been a lot of discussion on the nature of time, but that's one of the perspectives. وَقَالَ إِبْنِ كَيْسَانَ أَرَادَ بِالْعَصْرِ اللَّيْلِ وَالنَّهَارِ يُقَالُ لَهُمَا الْعَصْرَانِ The two times. وَقَالَ الْحَسَنِ مِنْ بَعْدِ زَوَالِ الشَّمْسِ إِلَى غُرُوبِهَا Asr is also from when the sun passes its zenith all the way to the غُرُوب. وَقَالَ قَتَادَ آخِرُ سَاعَةً مِنْ سَاعَةِ النَّهَارِ The last period of time of the day. وَقَالَ مُقَاتِ الْأَقْسَانِ أَقْسَمَ بِصَلَاةِ الْعَصْرِ وَهِيَ الصَّلَاةِ الْوُسْطَى And that's why Salah is so important. Okay? Uh, so, the issue, the main issue here being that Al-Asr is interpreted in many, many, many different ways. إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ The default setting of the human being is in loss. Until Nubuwa comes to him. He's still in loss until he believes in it. He's, he's in less loss now until he acts upon it. He's in less loss now until he's sincere upon it. Yes? Um, just on the first on the first ayah, yeah. what's like the significance of Allah swearing by things? What is the significance of Allah swearing by things is a good question, which is namely that the idea is that Allah Ta'ala is showing us the importance of this thing when he swears by something. And he's showing us that what is what is to come is a very momentous statement. Like what is to come is very important. And what is to come is related to that thing. So Allah does not swear by a thing and then tell us something completely irrelevant to that thing. All right? 
But he, when he swears by something, he's swearing by it because this is a very clear and amazing sign of my existence and my attributes. And by also by saying that is the concept and idea that uh, isn't everything amazing? Yes, everything is amazing. But Allah has pointed us to certain things over others. For example, he has pointed us to the ant over the lion. There's no surah uh, called Surah Tarfij, uh, Surah Al-Asad, right? There's, there's a chapter on the elephant. There's a chapter on the ant. So in terms of the animal kingdom, all animals are, creation, are amazing in the sense that they're the, Allah's creation. He can find wisdoms out of it. But he's pointed to certain insects over others, certain animals over others. And the Quran mentions certain human beings over others. Okay. So, إِنَّ الْإِنسَانَ لَفِي خُسْرِ أَيْ نُقْصَانِ The human being, as soon as we're put into this uh, uh, world... We're actually in a state of loss rather than gain. Now, literally and figuratively. How, how literally? Well, we're losing lifespan. Every day you're losing part of your life. Your lifespan is coming to a nose. Like a sand, sand hour glass. What do they call it? A sand glass. It, right? It keeps going down. You're losing your life every day. Uh, we're in Khusran because we're in a state of ignorance. Now, certain things we can always know. There's observable knowledge. There's rational knowledge. And we can go out and learn transmitted knowledge. But without Nubuwa, we're in a complete moral loss. Like we have no clue really truly what's right and wrong in a, in a, in a sense of uh, any certainty. All right and wrong that we're going to learn is just opinion. Okay? It's, just, it's purely conjecture and opinion. Uh, uh, when it comes to right and wrong and morality, we, we really truly have no clue what's right and wrong and what's, what's moral and what's not. It's just my opinion and my feelings. Okay, when should abortion be allowed or not allowed? What's allowed in terms of sexuality? Is uh, sex just a casual behavior that we could just, like having a cup of coffee, why not? Uh, shaking hands, like how would we know these things? Like what's the difference between shaking hands and mixing other body parts? What's the difference? Like intellect cannot tell us this, right? And also... If you say, well, human precedent in all societies that did this, that's fine as if you have the history. Well, what if I bring something new? We have to get 50 years of data first before we can get a conclusion, right? So human beings are in moral loss, complete moral loss, until a revelation comes. Now, when a revelation comes, you're, still, you're in a worse loss if you reject it, and you're in a gain if you accept it. Now you're in a lesser loss, because once you learn, and I believe this in this revelation... Now I'm in loss if I don't act upon it, so I have to act upon it. Now I'm in a, a much better situation, but there's still a possibility of loss if I'm not sincere. Now I'm, in, I'm sincere. Now I'm in a better situation until I have to make sure that sincerity also is coupled with humility. Okay, I'm sincerely doing the good thing, and I know this is good. I got the proof, and I know I'm sincere because I know myself. Right? I know when I'm sincere and when I'm I'm, I'm not. But now I see someone else who's not on the right track. Do I have kibr towards him? Right? So sincerity must be coupled with tawadu. And the tawadu, our tawadu, is knowing that I may be sincere, I may be on sunnah, does not mean Allah will accept it. If I have kibr, Allah doesn't accept it. So Allah does not accept the mutakabbirin. So I have to have humility. Right? Now, 
Allah is going to give you an amazing tawfiq that you cannot imagine if you have sincerity, humility, and you're following the right track in uh, in terms of prophethood. You're following prophethood. You're going to get such a success. And Allah says this is a formula. Surah Al-Jinn. وَأَلَّا وَاسْتَقَامُ وَعَلَى الطَّرِيقَ لَأَسْقَيْنَاهُمْ مَا The Allah Ta'ala will give you such a reward you cannot imagine. But, لِنَفْتِنَهُمْ فِي as a test. So now you have to ask Allah to make you grateful. You must be grateful for the test, uh, for, for the reward that Allah gave you, rather than using it as Iblis did to sort of in, have a boastful state, to be in a boastful state. Hey, Raya, I'd hate to interrupt you, but could you just move this, this thing? Same, same angle, but back a little bit. I put it so close to me that I'm actually going to get sick. <laughs> So a human that's perfect. Human being is in a constant state of loss, but we can find we can turn this into a gain. But not amanu. That's it. Not that's not it. Okay. so when we choose the path of prophethood, we're not home free. We've, we've, we've made the biggest, most momentous decision, which is to enter Islam. Which is why earlier on I said, like the, this is the biggest decision. We Muslims oftentimes get caught up in, in certain things that are, no doubt, they're very important. Okay? But, they're no doubt very important. But we cannot lose sight on what is the most important thing. Accepting Islam. Right? Because that frees you from eternal fire. It doesn't free you absolute from absolute harms and punishments and tests. Because a mu'min can go to Jahannam for sins. He could have problems in his grave. He could have problems in Yom Al-Qiyamah. But he has freed himself from eternal Jahannam, eternal hellfire. And that's why I said like the masjid that we operate is oriented to, to da'wah and converts. Like that's the number one uh, priority is that it's a place where the, the public can come in and they should feel that uh, that the culture here is not so different because you want to have less barriers and you don't need a cultural barrier, right? You already have a theological barrier. You already have a legal barrier. You have a new law here. So you want that. And Dawah is one of our missions. We never separate from that. We cannot because this is the most important thing. Priorities. This is the fiqh of Priorities. Now others have prioritized, there is another philosophy out there in Dawah of prioritizing the preservation of Muslims first. I respect that, I recognize that. I realize that that's something that, uh, it, it is a perspective. There's no doubt about it. Right? We have to be able to do two, both at the same time. Our seminary idea is a place to protect and preserve the knowledge and the action upon that knowledge. Right? And I don't see that that has to be separated from the, from the Dawah. In any event, once you, you choose the right path, now the next issue, within Islam you do have challenges. You do have many problems, but you have solved the problem of eternal hellfire. Right? Now, in your mind, that's a big deal, but you could still have eons of punishment if you do this thing wrong. So we're the only religion that says, by entering in this religion, you've actually cut a major issue, but you still have a lot of issues. Like, you have a lot to, to work on. And that's why he, the istithna, the istithna means the exception. 
So human being is lost except the believers. If they do good deeds, if they have uh, uh, preached the haq, and if they have patience. So all these ifs, right? So like we're like a religion where it's telling you there's a lot of work to be done. This thing is not over, right? You're just beginning a new path, okay? So Al-Khusran wa Nuqsan qala aradi bil kafir bidalil annahu istatna al-mu'minin wa al-Khusran dhahab ra'as mal al-insan. The loss is the loss of your capital. What's your capital? Your time firstly. And then it's all of the challenges. As you as you grow up, what grows up with you? Your desires. Right? Your nafs. Your discovery of the dunya. Okay? And your hawa gets stronger. These are the four enemies of the human beings. And your interactions increase. No doubt, the more you grow older, the more you interact with human beings. You have to. So there's fitna with human beings. So let's go over these things. When, you, as you, as, when there's a child, his nafs is very little. right? There's hardly any evil in the person. So he doesn't really get as jealous or as envious as maybe an adult would. Okay? And the envy of children is pure. If you notice... The envy of a child is for the mother's attention. That's wonderful. The, the mother's attention is something you should want, right? So the first envy that a child could ever have is for the mom's attention. It's not like they're having envy for, for dunya. They're having envy for something wonderful, like the mom's attention. That's why, as we said, certain shahawat, certain things, they're excusable. And they're more forgivable than others. Even if it's bad, they're more forgivable. So shahwa of a man for a woman is more forgivable than shahwa for man for a donkey. If a man has shahwa for a donkey, and he acts upon it, okay, you say there's something terribly wrong with this person. If someone has shahwa for a man, for, uh, uh, for a woman, it's, it's understandable. It's created within you. Okay? So, the children, they have a very innocent, and, 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 and their evil is very limited. But as they grow older, they start having envy for many other things. Their hatred and dislike becomes for other things. So I've never seen kids hate other kids because of their look. Like little kids, we're talking four or five. First grade. First grade, I don't think that, you know, that's that really strong. Once you get to high school, it's a big deal. All right? Lookism, all right, uh, is a big deal. I remember John Stossel from 2020. This is old school. John Stossel. Friday night, there used to be a, sh- a program with this guy and Barbara Walters called 2020 on ABC. And then John Stossel said, there's racism, there's a lot of things, but, hey, Sharif, why aren't you here? Where is Sharif? He's at, he's at work? Oh, man. By the way, Sharif, the brother from uh, Michigan, he's finally actually in New Jersey. Uh, in any event, he said, there's racism, there's all sorts of things, but there's also lookism, right? And he did this thing where he, he sent people from... Uh, uh, from uh, where they usually would be discriminated against and he had them apply to a job but he took those people that were like very handsome or very beautiful and then people who usually would be discriminated for okay like let's say a Caucasian person but not as handsome you know not as well kept and he sent them all for interviews in these different jobs two actors right every single time the more handsome person got the job. So he's like, we can't forget lookism. I mean, that is a form of discrimination. Someone really lean, physically fit, perfectly put together, and another complete slob, out of shape, out of everything, not handsome, not, not gifted, not endowed with the good genetics, right? So lookism is a thing. Children, 
when they, as they grow older, their nafs grows with them. Also, you discover more of the dunya. So when you're young, all you want to do is play, right? Uh, and eat candy. As you grow older, now we're competing for jobs, we're competing for temptations, we're competing for position, for fame, etc., etc. And so the experience of the dunya increases, therefore more desire for dunya. So on and so forth. So that's one of the reasons why as we grow without guidance, you grow into more problems. You grow into more tribulations. You grow into more misery. You grow into a more, more uh, 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 anxiety. And that's one of the meanings of human being is in a default state of loss. By the way, if you have questions, remember the open QA. I see plan C has something. Plan B uh, has questions. Uh, keep your questions there until we get to the open QA. And then we'll take all your questions in the open QA so that the questions are being answered live on the spot rather than scrolling up. Okay, so the Ra'smal al-Insan is his time. The capital of human being is his time and he's constantly losing that. And his enemies are increasing such as his temptations, ego, nafs, dunya and other people that you deal with. Competition. Like when you're young, what do you need in life? You don't think about it. It's just a dinner, breakfast. But as you grow older, you start competing, right? More. Okay. The greatest na'im is your body's healthy, your hearing, and your seeing. Okay? Yes, Allah al Abida Fima Stamalu. Allah asks, How did you use these things? And he knows how they use them. The questioning is for other wisdoms, for yourself to answer. Don't make a don't take a stance upon which you're ignorant. This is a verse of very important verse on epistemology. In the Sama The hearing, the seeing, and the intellect. Well, you're responsible for this. So what does that mean? That means the sources of certainty are transmitted knowledge, sama, observable knowledge and rational knowledge. Okay, these are the three sources of knowledge. Certainty. We cannot be certain with something unless it's been transmitted properly, you saw it yourself, or a trustworthy person saw it, which is, becomes transmission, or it's a rational fact, such as 2 plus 2 equals 4. Okay, you're responsible for these things. And of course, the religion is transmitted knowledge, combined, and it's supported by rational knowledge, observable knowledge, and the never contradict these three can never contradict in religion okay because Allah is creator of what we observe he's creator of our intellect and he's the sender of prophets so all three transmitted transmission observation and reason all of them must be uh, in line okay we will all be asked about our wealth our time and our health okay أخبرنا الإمام أبو الحسن عبد الرحمن بن محمد الدوادي الدودي حدثنا أبو الحسن أحمد all through the chain عن عبد الله بن المبارك والفضل بن موسى قال حدثنا عبد الله بن سعيد بن أبي هند عن أبيه عن ابن عباس قال well, entire paragraph is a sentence and then this hadith is two sentences 
قال صلى الله عليه وسلم نعمتان مغبون فيهما كثير من الناس الصحة والفراغ so many blessings most people are robbed of these blessings health and free time if you have spare time and you remember Allah in that spare time and you have health and you remember Allah in spare time by being obedient to him then in the bad times Allah will be there for you okay man uh تعرف إلى الله في الرخاء تعرف الله إليه في الشدة If you come to know Allah Ta'ala in good times then Allah will be there for you in the bad times قال محمد بن كعب يعني عما أنعم عليكم بمحمد صلى الله عليه وسلم محمد بن كعب says the greatest of all these blessings is to know prophethood in other words to know your prophet of your time in this case obviously it's Sayyid al-Kawnayn Sayyid Muhammad صلى الله عليه وسلم because this is the khalas or the the freedom from all the problems that we have. My nafs pres- prebo- uh, 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 gives me problems. Though the Prophet teaches you how to balance your nafs. Certain things you have to give your nafs. You have to get married, right? You have to eat. You have to sleep. You have to give your nafs certain things. And you have to deprive it of certain things. Dunya, how do I have it without it harming me? And when should I avoid it? Because sometimes it's worth avoiding. All right, nafs, hawa. How do I how do I know what whim to follow and what not? Whims. So what's the difference between nafs and hawa? Nafs, every human being has the same nafs from the time of Sayyidina Adam until the last human being. The nafs is the same. We desire food, we desire wealth, we desire power, we desire women, we desire the same things. We have anger. Okay? All human beings are the same in this respect. Now al hawa is different. Hawa is different in every generation. So this is the generation of purple hair and pronouns. It's not going to last, right? Give it 10, 20 years, it's going to be something else. I mean, nobody ever imagined pronouns would be a fad. It's like the last thing. If you ask anybody from the 80s, 90s about pronouns, they said this is only something in our English, 7th grade English, right? Like how is that a thing? And, and how do you actually find that enjoyable? Uh, please uh, call me they or she. Like, that makes you happy? I, it just, you can never imagine this, right? You would have never, nobody, this is why reality is more bizarre than fiction. Nobody would have imagined that a generation would crop up. That it would make them so happy to say, please call me behind my back when I'm not there. I'm not even going to be able to see it, right? But call me Z or she, or XE, or whatever, right? That makes you happy? Like, that made your day? Something is very weird with you people, right? Well, you go back to the 60s. What was it in the 60s, right? Whatever the fad was in the 60s, tap dancing. (laughs) Like, who the heck cares about that? The 20s, right? Nobody cares about tap dancing. I mean, to be honest, it is a is it a great exercise? And a halal, probably, if you're going to do anything, it's probably the most halal of all things, right? Uh, it's a great exercise. Pretty interesting, but nobody cares anymore. Uh, what did the guys love to do back in the you know 50s? Go bowling with the guys. Nobody could care less about that anymore. So you notice hawa is always changing. What is the whim going to be like in 10 years? It's probably going to be something related to the metaverse something completely abstract right 
completely. Like when someone comes and they've spent hours, and I'm, I'm sure we all know teenagers who spend hours, okay, right, uh, curating their Instagram page, okay, hours curating their Instagram page, and but when I look at that, it's like that's not a thing. It's not a real thing. It's just some pictures on a screen, right? And people think it's cool. Are you going to get paid from this? Are you? Can you buy something as a result of it? Like, I can understand if you're going to buy something. Is it going to change? Even So where's the dunya even? So in any event, it's a type of thing where it, it makes no sense, all right, to, to, to you, makes sense to them. That's hawa, hawa nafs. How do we block this hawa nafs? The best way is by a suhba, right? Why? Suhba. Human beings, they, they like what other people like. So guarantee you, if these crazy bell-bottoms, tight pants and crazy bell-bottoms, if you were to see it, bell-bottoms, for five years, a thousand times a year, you will want bell-bottoms. That's human nature, right? So, so if I keep the suhba of, of salihin, I'm going to want what they want, Right? That's the nature of human beings. You, you, your desires, your whims can be created. It can be manipulated. It can be molded by what you see repeatedly. So why do people love bell-bottoms? Because they've seen it. And in the beginning, they'll reject it. After a while, they get used to it. And after a while, they'll desire it. Okay? So how a nafs is something can be molded. So the sunnah tells us, be with the salihin. You will eventually love what they love. If all the righteous Muslims have no problem with something, then it's halal, right? In this, as long as they're not, we're talking matters uh, of, of judgment, right? Pants that are wide, pants that are normal, this is all halal, right? There's nothing haram about this. So if the mu'mineen love it, khalas, it's fine. There, didn't the mu'mineen uh, a century ago love the fez, the red fez cap? You don't see hardly anyone wearing it anymore. They see the regular Tunisian cap, fine, but that tall fez cap with a little tassel. You see that in the pictures. Nobody wears it around anymore. If someone's wearing it, you must be like, are you a waiter at a Turkish restaurant or like a character? You dress it up. There's one guy in my in my group, uh, he's in high school, and he, he, he like asked me to get him one, and he wears it to high school, I think. Are you kidding? Because <laughs> he loves the Mughals. Wh- and he YM? He loves the Islamic history. Yeah. Wow, that's funny. <laughs> you know, it's funny when I see these people with uh, the Fez cap, and the Persia pants, and then like nice $100 sneakers, right? $120 Nikes or something. But you wear that stuff, people will tell you that you're, you look like you're dressing up for a costume party. Back in the day, everyone was wearing that. The Khalifa was wearing that, right? That's hawa nafs. And the hawa could be halal and could be haram. Okay? So that's what we call hawa. And the Prophet ﷺ gives us freedom from this. Like, keep the company of pious Muslims who pray so you're on the same vibration and the same wavelength of these people. Okay. Another, Abu Aliya says, Huwal Islam was Sunan. It's Islam and it's the Sunan. Okay. And I'll tell you why I actually don't like Hawa so much. Because you ever look in your old pictures from your youth? And if you follow Hawa, whims, too much, you won't even recognize the human being that you used to be if you follow that stuff too much. Whereas if the Hawa was in the neutral, within the halal, it's insignificant. But when you're in the Hawa, like I remember 
executives. They got like these buttoned up executives one time going back to their yearbook, their high school yearbook. So you have like a nice buttoned up executive at AT&T. His yearbook, he had like hair out to here, right? Another one had like a crazy hippie beard and long hair. And they're just like laughing at each other, right? But it's fine when the halal things change, but when your entire views change, like you don't even know who you are anymore. So you got Bill Clinton saying, marriage is between a man and a woman. And then fast forward, and he's admitting that a man is not even a man if he doesn't want to be anymore. So he's gone way like in beliefs. It's like, who am I? Like, where are we going as society? Who are we? You just drift in the, in the, wherever the trend goes, that's where you go. So that's why we need to govern our, govern our hawa or else we actually go crazy. The greatest ni'mah is the sharia of Islam because it is the lightest of sharia's, shara'a. Plural of sharia is shara'a. The Sharia of Musa was lightened by the Sharia of Sayyidina Isa, which was lightened by the Sharia of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. People imagine the Christians, oh, they're so lenient. They're lenient because they're not practicing the religion. They're, they were actually supposed to be practicing the Torah and the Bible, so the Jewish law should have been applied to them, right? The law of Moses. Okay. So. The Sharia of the Prophet ﷺ is supposed is in fact the most lenient of Sharia. Now, إِلَّا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ فَإِنَّهُمْ لَيْسُوا فِي خُسْرَانٍ. Once you're a believer, you've cut your losses. You will not be in hellfire in, for infinity, uh, for eternity. There's the difference between eternity and infinity is eternity has a beginning and moves on. Infinity has is outside of time completely. No beginning, no end. This is why if someone asks you, if you believe that God exists outside of time for infinity, pre-eternally and eternally, like he's at, why can't you believe that the, the galaxy and the universe also exists in that fashion, eternally, never created and will always exist? Simple, simple answer is that if you can add or subtract or alter or change anything, it cannot be infinite. So we are constantly witnessing an addition of days to the universe, an addition of space to the universe, expansion. Anything that you can add or subtract to must have had a beginning because infinity cannot be added to or subtracted to or subtracted from. Now, the human being, the mu'min now, once he has iman, he has to do righteous deeds. You're responsible for your actions. I know a guy, when, when we were in college, he refused to study, to go on rihla with Hamza Yusuf. That's, the fra- that, that's, that's what we used to do when we were young. Go on de-intensive and rihla with Hamza Yusuf. That's what was around, right? And we're lucky we had something like that. Very lucky. And then after that, Al-Maghrib Institute came. Okay? And then after that, the internet took over everything. But one guy, he used to say, no, no, I don't go to these things. If I go, I learn. If I learn, I have to stop doing, you know, certain things that I might be enjoying doing. Like this guy, we're like, that, that ignorance doesn't count. <laughs> Purposely making yourself ignorant or keeping yourself ignorant does not count. So once you learn, now you have to act. But once you act, now you have to do two other things. 
That means you you cannot learn the truth and keep it to yourself. You got to spread it. Every one of you who's listening, who's studying, if you learn a single thing, you have to spread it aggressively. There are some people who did a great job that they made these, like they're not anyone who is uh, like a personality, but they made a page, a really nice page, like Islamic quotes. You know these pages? And they, they don't say anything. They share direct quotes with, uh, uh, with the publication, with a citation. Or they mine the internet and the speakers for quotes. And then they put the quote out there. I, I follow all these pages. Like, they're really beneficial. I benefit from them. Because it's not necessarily like, they're not necessarily giving fiqh and aqid. They're just reminders, right? At least he's doing something. Some of these pages are massive, Right? Like some thousands and millions of followers, okay? And it's just like one guy. After work, he comes in, he mines the internet, he finds a beautiful clip, he puts it up. He's benefiting, he's doing da'wah. You have to do da'wah in some way, shape, and form. So this is why Allah says, what tawasib haq? Now why else? When you do tawasib haq, and you would, you're doing some form of da'wah, you might make a mistake. You get corrected, you learn more. When you're doing da'wah, you have to always find something new. You're always, you always have to keep researching. You have to study. you got to learn more. right? And you have such a joy when you realize people are benefiting from this. And Allah Ta'ala may accept your du'a and He may forgive you just because of what you benefited other people for. That's, that's al-amal al-muta'addi. Okay? The action that passes to another person is always better than the action that is only beneficial to yourself. Okay? Al-Haq is broad. Many scholars said different things about what is Al-Haq. Al-Haq is anything true. Okay? But Allah says, Be mindful. Why is that? Because there will always, always be a pushback against Al-Haq. As the Prophet ﷺ received pushback, you also receive pushback. There will always be somebody that does not like something that the new prophet brought. Always. There will, until the end of time, there will be kafirin, munafiqeen, everything, jihad, so that the ni'mah of jihad and da'wah can exist. Okay? It's going to always stay. So here, here is the issue of sabr. You can break. There are a lot of people that go into the world of da'wah, and when they get a pushback, right, they break. You have to have this this world that we're in, and Ryan, Ryan's been with us. We've seen like maybe a fitna every six months that really bugs you. Like we had one fitna a couple uh, weeks ago. Well, months ago maybe, beginning of Ramadan, we lost sleep over it. Right? Alhamdulillah, it was done with within like 24, 36 hours, but we really lost sleep over it. They had another fitna, okay, that we just want to get out of our minds. Okay, so everything has a different solution. Sometimes a fitna ends, it just has a clear ending. Other times, it doesn't really have an ending. There's no end in sight, but we just, just get out of your mind, you know. Just, just don't think about it. You can't do anything about it. There's constant trials in this field of da'wah. You know, there, there's a guy who always tells me, man, I wish I could be living the Islamic life stress-free. 
I was like, how is this stress free? You like you don't know you don't know that it's stress free. It's not stress free. There's there's constantly people coming in that you have to cater to quickly before you lose them. And there's people getting attracted by other ideas that you have to also rein in and see like oh, we can't lose these people either, right? And there's people that need constantly to be cooked. And you're tired, but you gotta constantly go back to the kitchen and cook. And that's what the massage are is we're cooking, right? Non-stop. And then there's confusions, things that have to be answered. Sometimes you have an online feud and an online fitness that's pretty bad, but you have to be involved in it. So there's constant requirement for stamina. That's why it's very important to see how did our Salaf do it, because this is, a, this is not a theory. And the way to do it in the field of Dawah, at the end of every day, you have to completely deflate your whole brain. And I take what Abu Darda said, and Imam al-Haddad also repeated it, there's a time and a day at the end of every day for what's called, he called it al-batil. Batil meaning it's not something of the haqq, that we're fighting, struggling, no. Complete unwinding of your brain, completely deflate your brain of all, the whole issue, okay, of everything. And the best way to do that is with your family because it's a sadaqah too. If you do it with alone, maybe you could be justified a little bit, but if you do it with your family, at least you're being with them, right? And that's why... Maybe tulab al-ilm may be very intense now, but as you grow older, you'll realize that you do need this because the stressors of life and the stressors of dawah do require you to deflate your brain. And the ibadah cannot emphasize ibadah how much you need to dig deep into the well of iman to survive this world that we're going in. In the world of surgery, once you become a surgeon, like you only get better. Right, because te- technology is increasing and improving, and you're increasing and improving. But in the realm of dawah, iblis is getting ten times better every year, and we're getting like we're not we're getting we can be getting stronger, but not at the same pace. So when we faced at the time when I was in college, the fitna was TV. Get people to unplug their TVs, and they're good to go. Okay. Well, the internet came now. It's ten, YouTube, and then the internet provided something 10 times worse. That was around 2000, 2003, 2005, YouTube came along. 2007, the iPhone, okay, no problem. But then apps came along, right? And then the iPhone got better and better and better. And now we, people got the fitness in their pockets. And now, when people put the goggles on, right, and the v, whatever, the VR MetaQuest goggles... I don't know how people cannot be addicted, right? The addiction level of that. If you think people are addicted to cell phones, I can imagine, and we can all like probably reasonably agree, that the goggles is going to be far more addictive than anything else. Because your whole vision is taken now, right? And I almost like, I don't want to go that route. I don't want to put it on once, right? I don't want to put it on once. Because once I, once you do... See, human beings always after sweetness, something like nice. Imam al-Haddad said, if you purify your heart, you rectify your aqidah, and you struggle hard, and you, and, you, and you consistently remember Allah, the least and the first thing that you're going to get is a sweetness in yourself that will outweigh all the sweetness of the dunya, and you will go back to dhikr just to experience that. It becomes candy. Dhikr to you becomes candy inside your heart. It really does. It becomes like a sweetness that this is better than eating food and eating candy. 
Now, Iblis is trying to compete against this, right? He's trying to compete against this. So if you get a whole generation that they're upon this, 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 this complete mental thrill of being on these goggles and living in that world, it's going to be very hard. If they have no reference point to the sweetness of Iman, it's going to be very hard to pull them back. Right? It's such a distraction. Back in the day, what was a distraction? What was a distraction for the Arabs back in the day? Or let's just go back to 1960. A good show, 1980, 1990, a good show on TV, a nice movie. But outside the theater, it's done, right? In the old days, wow, beautiful camel, beautiful horse. The, the, the competition is not there. Now the competition is very, very steep. And these goggles are just probably going to absorb an entire generation who will not be able to exist outside of them. He just say the sabr is divided into different categories. A sabr ala al maasi, sabr in avoiding sins. Okay, you think that you know the pornography addiction is bad now, right? What happens when the pornography is through these goggles, and literally it's all around you, rather than just looking at it through a screen? in one way, where you could be, still be distracted. That addiction will be so wrapped up around a person, they'll spend their entire life fighting it. So, sabr on avoiding sins. Then sabr on fulfilling obligations. Then sabr on the reactions of, uh, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the decree of Allah, such as getting sick, right? storms, break your house, car accidents, sabr on the decree of Allah, things that are completely outside your 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 hands. And then sabr upon the bala of people. The the trials that the, the the reactions of people to the dawah. Imam al Haddad said, in most cases a person will give dawah and there will be no reaction. Well in this day and age, go go try to give dawah on Twitter. Say anything on Twitter. You're gonna get the worst nastiest comments. Okay? the worst and nastiest comments are going to come to you. Oh, TikTok. I don't even go on my own TikTok page. I don't even go on my own TikTok page. The craziest comments people put. right? And people back in the day, they used to like have some modicum of respect. Now it's just like nothing. Okay? Now it's nothing. Okay? So, point being is that a sabr is part and parcel of this dawah. And that's why Having a great family, great group of friends will help you have sabr. وَرَوَى ابْنُ عَوْنٍ عَنْ إِبْرَاهِيمَ قَالَ أَرَادَ أَنَّ الْإِنسَانَ إِذَا عَمَّرَ فِي الدُّنْيَا وَهَرِمَ لَفِي نَقْصٍ وَتَرَاجُعٍ إِلَّا الْمُؤْمِنِينَ فَإِنَّهُمْ يُكْتَبُ لَهُمْ أُجُورَهُمْ وَمَحَاسِنَ أَعْمَالِهِمْ وَمَحَاسِنَ أَعْمَالِهِمْ الَّتِي كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَهَا فِي شَبَابِهِمْ وَصِحَّتِهِمْ Oh, that's beautiful. He says here that all people will get old. But the mu'min, even in his old age, if he can't do anything anymore for, because of old age, Allah still writes it for him. Isn't that a beautiful hadith? If a mu'min can no longer do something because he's too sick, he's too old, Allah writes it as if he did it. And I met a man, I always look at this. What is inevitable? Old age and death. So wouldn't the smart person live a life that is gearing him to a good state 
in old age and in death, right? So that when we're old, we're in a good state. And when we die, we're actually looking forward to meeting that angel and seeing what's our reward. Like that's the best way to use your youth because that's inevitable. Old age and death is inevitable. And every, uh, every once in a while you see an old man. There used to be an old man. He died in one of the attacks of Israel on Gaza. Gaza. And this old man, he was a regular Muslim. And he had a beard down to here like this. He wasn't like a scholar or anything. He used to wear a white thobe every day, buttoned it all the way to the top, like very nice looking. And he used to wear a beanie because he would get cold. And his son was running a pizzeria here in New Brunswick. He used to come visit his son, okay, help out with the pizzeria. So he would go in there and he would recite the Quran all day and then chit-chat with the customers after that. So I asked him one time, I saw him, do you recite a juz a day? He looked at me, a juz a day? Ten juz a day. Finish in three days. Every three days, khatam. And I'm telling you, this man, he was always happy. He was constantly in a state of like happiness. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives the reward. Bushraf al hayat dunya That no depression, no grouchiness. So if you see an old, old person age and they become more forgiving and more happy, I've heard, and it makes so much sense to me, when you see an old person age and they, they say, ah, it's not worth getting angry over, let's just be happy, right? And forgiving, that's a sign that his, his goodness outweighed his badness. And that this is nama for him, that he's happy in old age. But if you see an old man or an old woman become a grouch in old age, that everything is rough and nasty, and that means his bad deeds outweighed his good deeds. And he's in a punishment. He's in a state of punishment right now. And I've seen both. I've seen people as traditionally always... Always angry, always upset quickly. No, they don't get angry anymore. They're just happy. I think that it's a sign of, of ni'mah. It's a sign of Allah has forgiven this person. And he's already beginning his ni'mah from now. So if we're all going to die anyway, and you know this as an absolute fact, how does it not make any sense? How does it make sense to not put all, your number one priority is I want to die in a good state. I want to I be old in a good state. Because that's inevitable. As for my life in my 40s, 50s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. And that's what all these people, let's work, let's make these retirement accounts. Fine, I'm all for that. I have some of that stuff myself. But that's not the main thing. Why? Because 30, 40, 50, 60 is going to end. It's going to be over. We're all either you're going to die before that or you're going to hit 60, 70, 80. And you want to, 60, 70, 80, does anything matter at that point? Like if you competed with somebody and he married. Let's say two guys are competing. He married the beautiful woman, you didn't. He had great kids, you didn't. He got the great job, you didn't. He got famous in the society and everyone loves him, you didn't. Now you're both 80 years old. Does it matter? So in the dunya, it doesn't matter. Let alone in akhirah. In hayat dunya this stuff, it matters to you now. So we're not going to take that away from you. It does matter now for 30, 40 years. But eventually, it's not going to matter. So isn't that what's most important? That's the, your, your inner state has to be, as Ibn Abi Zayd says, at-tarawud, uh, 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 which is, means that your, your nafs and your body is accustomed to ibadah. 
So that when you hit 60, 70, 80, you're accustomed to opening the Musaf and reading. You're accustomed to, to getting up for tahajjud. You're accustomed to sabr. You're accustomed to these things because you can't teach an old dog new tricks. All right, folks, let's move on now to... Uh, live chat. Now, if anything that you put on in the past, I'm not look, I'm not scrolling up. Put your questions now, okay? Put your questions on now. All right, and Ryan, if you could put that in the comment section, uh, that that put your comments and questions now. All right, who are we starting off with? Let's start off with... All right, what do we got? Momentum, turquoise, man. What is momentum? What's your question about momentum? I've seen that you've posted up... Asking about momentum many times, but what's your question on momentum? All right. In the meantime, what is the benefit of saying La ilaha illallah? First of all, for the um, for the heedless, any and all dhikr is the same, right? For the heedless person, any and all dhikr will benefit him. But for if you're asking, is there a specific benefit to dhikr of La ilaha illallah? Then the answer is that it cuts you from the dunya. That's what some people say. Some, many of the ulama, when they comment on the different athkar, why did the Prophet give different athkar if they're all the same, right? So, dhikr of la ilaha illallah is, it cuts you from the dunya. Okay, because an ilah is not just the God that you worship, it's, well, you okay? An ilah is also anything that dictates your actions. Right? Anything that dictates your actions is your God. All right, next question here states that, this is from Insta. All right. Um, all right, we're going to do rapid fire because so that everyone's uh, questions can get answered. Can we pray four rakahs before Dhuhr with the intention of fulfilling Sunnah and Qada of previously missed prayers? No, it will only, Qada cannot be mixed with Sunnah. And if you have Qada, then don't do any Sunnah, just do Qada. What do you think of meta-immersive for Islamic learning for children? I would not go with this meta-immersive thing at all because once you do that, how could you read a boring old book like this? Books are way more beneficial, but look at the page. It's so much more boring on your, on your brain. You'll never read again. Do you know that I had to retrain myself to read? I'm not, I'm not kidding you. I spent so much time answering questions, going on, on the phone. I realized one day, I don't know how to read anymore. I had to literally retrain myself to read, and I started reading Machiavelli's *The Prince*. Okay, maybe to learn some techniques. Uh, but I had to retrain myself. I had to shut off all my devices, put my alarm, my, my timer on, and said, "You're gonna read for this amount of time, whether you like it or not." And I, I had to do this. Uh, Jalili says, "What is, does asking for advice cross the line into gossiping?" So provided that. Uh, it's almost like a piece of evidence, right? If I'm asking you for advice, I need to provide you with the ingredients of the situation. Provided that the person in front of me needs this piece of information to make to give me advice, it's not gossip. It's not backbiting. 
But insofar as they don't need it, then it is backbiting. All right, let's take, a, take an example. My boss, I have a problem with my boss. My boss, he asked me to do this, 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 this. All of that, whatever he tells you to do, and your discussions with your boss is fair game. As soon as you say, and he is so uh, sloppy and so unkempt, and he smells bad, and his breath is terrible, now you're, now you're backbiting. Why? Because it doesn't suit your case. So provided that the, the, my advisor needs this piece of information, I'm allowed to tell it to him. Okay? Does that make sense? And insofar as it does not help him make a conclusion, then no. Then it's backbiting. All right, now let's go to... Um, M M M wants to know how old I am. I'll leave you guessing. Khansa, uh, are there any preferred acts of worship for this month? N- nothing that I know of. Uh, as we go into Dhul Hijjah, though, fasting the first nine days of Dhul Hijjah is Sunnah, especially the ninth day, which is Yom Arafah. Uh, should we announce the Hajj? I guess we should tell people in the future. This year might be difficult because it's lottery. You will be able to make Hajj by yourself. You will be able to, and I don't advise anyone to do this unless you're a sheikh, right? I mean, if you're a sheikh, you should be leading a group. But you should, uh, you can do this. Make Hajj all by yourself, but you need to have to to be a a faqih to do this. And that's why I still advise everyone to make Hajj with a group, so that you can um, you have your answers questions, your questions answered, etc. How can we invest in stocks, as HBAS, in a halal and Sharia compliant way? You have to only uh, invest in a company whose product or service is 100% halal. Plan C. Can you explain when Allah says, وَقَرْنَ فِي بُيُوتِكُنْ It's a, firstly, one, one uh, interpretation of that, stay in your homes, to, oh, women, is that it's a khitab or a speech to the wives of the Prophet. ﷺ. That's the first interpretation. Ya Nisa and Nabi, O women of the Prophet, You are not like other women. Okay? And then comes the commandment stay in your homes. Therefore, the, the, when Allah says you are not like other women, there's two ways of, saying, of interpreting this. Number one, this commandment is only for you. But number two, you're better than everyone else. If someone wants to be better, then they should imitate you too. So that's where, uh, in general, the, the, a woman is not desired for her to be minx, mixing with people who may disrespect her or gaze upon her. That's the rule. And then the exceptions to that rule being that if she's going to have to be in a situation where uh, that won't happen, then there can be permissibility for that. Okay, Maham says, "You said when someone hasn't been raised Islamically, how is it upon us? Some of us only study our deen in our thirties. Well, what I mean by that is exposure to ibadah and exposure to masajid. Okay, someone said to me this: we should have 
a, a, a youth operation. And I said, okay, have a brother's side and a sister's side. I said, yeah, but we need our youth to learn how to get along or, or how to talk to the opposite gender. I said, yeah, that's fine, but that's, the youth group is only like a sliver of time. This is not where they're going to learn it, right? But there's another perspective to this. And, and they were really, they accepted my, they, they thought my idea was really good, which is the concept that you, you need to, a Muslim boy and a Muslim girl, they need to know how to interact or they need to know how to act, interact with society. We agree to that, right? Don't they also need to experience purity? Right? Purity is a reference point. The purity of my heart and my fitrah is a reference point. Right? If I don't have that reference point, if I don't get it when I'm young, I'll never, it'd be much harder to get when I'm older. So, don't you all, we also need our shabab and our youth to know what it feels like to be pure. That's almost more important. Because as they go on in society, they're just going to be exposed to more and more corruptions of the fitrah. So I think it's a great, it's a greater idea, right? And it's a greater need for children to be raised in a, or experience a pure environment without so much electronics, close to nature, and close to goodness. So that they could have a reference point when they go out to the real world, or to the outer world, this is also the real world, but to the outside world as university, jobs, etc. Okay? That have a reference point of what purity and goodness feels like. I think that's so important and people miss out, miss out on that concept. Is it permitted to get therapy for non-Muslim therapists? Yes, as long as it is not something that is related to morals morals and right and wrong can only come from a muslim how do you have sabr on sins avoiding them and making tawbah as soon as you fall into them not delaying and never saying to yourself um never saying to yourself oh i've committed so many sins there's no reason to pray i'm so guilty i feel so guilty i feel so inconsistent to be inconsistent is better than to give shaitan a complete victory at least you got something in. Yazi says, My mother, she married a Shia. Is this acceptable? No, it's not permitted for us to marry a Muqtadiyah. It's not acceptable for us. Now, the marriage may be valid in some madhabs, but it's sinful. Sinful to be in such a marriage, but it's not zina. You see the difference? And I think even some Maliki opinions, they consider it's invalid in the first place. But the dominant opinion that you're going to see around is that it's sinful to marry a Muqtadiyah but the marriage is not zina. What advice do you give to an addict? Says Harun, I give the addict the advice of never giving up. Your only cardinal sin is giving up from Tawbah. That's your cardinal sin. Jay Perez. Is this the Jay Perez of Pittsburgh? I don't know. Minimal travel distance for shortening prayers. 36 miles. Shafiq al-Islam or Shafiq Alam. What age did the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam marry Sayyidah Khadija? 40. She was 40, the Prophet was 25. Sayyid Muhammad Daniel Hassanain, is there any specific wird to become more brave and care less about the critics and oppressors? There's no power except with Allah and Allah is the only one I need. Jay Perez, there's a modern trend to shorten way under 55 miles. Yes, it's 36 miles. 
it's not really a modern trend. I would say it's the different calculations of the Sharia mile. Like, what was the Sharia mile? Okay, and Rami Nasur for the Madikis has calculated as 36 miles. Hanafis, I think, said 48 miles. Sleep says, how did you retain your focus on reading? You can force yourself to stare at a book, but what's to stop you from daydreaming? It's going to take time. You you had to force yourself in little increments, 5 minutes, 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, until you actually get into the book and you enjoy it. What is all this, Oz? Books for the class. Wizard of Oz has books for our seminary. We have a seminary, folks. Can I see them? Let's see. You know that we all have a seminary. If you want to move to New Jersey, you can join our seminary. Let's see some of these books. Uh, where'd you get all these books? Fiqh Sirah by Sheikh Saeed Ramadan al-Bulti. Our students study Fiqh Sirah in Arabic, taught by Nisar, Sheikh Nisar, who you saw. What's this? Mustalah al-Hadith. Taysir Mustalah al-Hadith. They study this with Sheikh Nisar. Ad-Durus al-Nahwiyya. Nahu. They're going to be studying Nahu. Lugha. We're cooking here. We got a factory in the back there. We're cooking. Cooking little tulab ilm. That's it. Other books. Fiqh. Fiqh Aqidah. Which Aqidah? Right now it's Tahawi. Tahawi. What else? And then I think if we should do um, Sanusi probably. Sanusi, yeah. Who's Sharh of Aqidah? Of Tahawi. It's an, it's an English Sharh. I forgot the name of the author. Okay. The uh, Aqidah that we're teaching here is. The Hanafis study Maturidi Aqidah, Madhab Al-Maturidi. You know many Muslims don't even know that these Madhab exist. But they are Madhab in Aqidah. And the Shafi'iyah and the Malikiyah, they study the Aqidah of Abu Al-Hasan Al-Ashari. Okay. And we don't have Hanabila here. Not that we don't like, don't like Hanabila, but we just don't have a Hanbali teacher. And probably we're not going to promote more than two Madhabs. I don't like the idea of... We had 20, 30, 40 students, right? You're not going to have... You don't need four methods for that. So we're going to teach fiqh, maliki, and Hanafi. That's it. Okay. Turquoise man, what did you mean by momentum when you kept saying momentum? Mo'el says, in the case of complaining about someone and getting advice... I guess that's what he means. What if you're being descriptive, but it suits your case? That's acceptable. So, for example, let's say a woman is complaining about her husband. I can't have marital relations with my husband. Why? Because he's unclean. He doesn't shave. He doesn't trim his mustache. He doesn't remove the hairs under his arms or between his legs. He's dirty. That all is part of the advice, right? Because someone will have to say, well, the answer to that is shave your underarms, Imam al-Nawi says the hairs on the body all around the awra should be removed front and back of the hairs. Why? Because najasa sticks to it, right? So, Nadia Dominique says, how to set boundaries with narcissistic husband or mother? Ooh, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. Uh, they're narcissists. Everything is for their, for them. How do you handle that? The general principle of avoiding harm. You don't cut off your mom, but you avoid harm. You're allowed to avoid harm. And maybe tell them you need counseling. You're a narcissist. Sometimes people need to be told, you're a narcissist. Seek counseling or else I'm divorcing you. 
Sensan Maddox says, how to get rid of the feeling or the worry that you're not being forgiven while doing istighfar. You easily remember Allah's promises and Allah Ta'ala Subhanahu wa ta'ala is sadiqul wa'd. You must believe in Allah's promises. You know, when, when you go to Hajj, one of the lessons they give you is you must believe. If you fulfill these rituals and you had the most ikhlas you can and you avoided the mubtilat, the things that nullify your Hajj, you must believe that Allah has forgiven you. And of course, you have to pray that Allah accepts it. But, but reason being is that we would go crazy in an interaction where Allah says, all right, do this and I'll give you this. Okay, we, do, we did that with as much sincerity as possible. You have to believe in forgiveness. The promises of Allah is sadiqul wa'd. You have to believe in them. Otherwise, there's no point in doing them. Okay? You must believe if you wake up in the last third of the night that there is an hour of ijabah that you're going to get. You have to believe in that. Okay. Will the Nothing But Facts live stream continue through the summer? We have, there are a couple breaks in the summer. August, I have two breaks. I won't be here for two weeks in August. And there is one break for, I guess, the 4th of July weekend. But not the whole week. And also if I'm in Hajj. So, so summer is going to be spotty. I'm just giving you this right now. It's going to be very spotty in the summer. It's just okay. People have other things to do. We're balanced. We're not just all just live stream. We have other things that we do. And we'll be back full force in September. Inshallah. Turquoise man, can we refer to Christians as my brother in Christ? La taban. Inna mal mu'minuna ikhwa. Not al mushrikeen or ahl al kitab ikhwa. Inna mal mu'minuna ikhwa. Only the mu'minin are brothers and sisters. Not al mu'minin wa ahl al kitab wa al mushrikeen wa al munafiqeen. Why don't you. Where do we stop? Muzammil Patan says, please tell about dua at tahajjud for abundance of rizq. Wake up in the middle, in the last third of the night, make wudu, make two rakas, and do istighfar. Jay Perez, a female family member, is asking how to respond to an employee, what makes the Prophet Muhammad the best prophet? His law is the only law that applies anymore to the rest of the world. And his book is the only book that's preserved. And his example is the only example that's preserved. And his example is the most thorough example of any prophet. Prophet Jesus. How do I raise kids? He never had kids. Not yet. He's going to have kids later. Oh, Prophet Jesus. How do I raise... Uh, how do I get married? He never got married. How can he tell you? Right? So, the prophet... Oh, Prophet Moses. How do you be a merchant? Uh, he never was a merchant. Right? He never was a merchant. So our prophet did everything in life conceivable to be done and as general categories. Like work, he worked. Be a, not be a prophet. Like the prophet is always a prophet, but he lived as a regular man at some point. We know how, that, how to live as a regular person. right? So the Prophet's example covers everything. His book is the only book preserved, and his example is the only example preserved. Um, question about that. Speak, so when uh, we say. Could you turn his mic on? When we say the like the sunnah of the Prophet yep. do we mean from birth all the way till uh, till death, or do we mean from when he received revelation all the way till death? When we talk about the sunnah of the Prophet, it's from bi'atha, which is when he was sent. So at age forty, yeah, right? at okay. age forty. 
Al-Yamama says, you mentioned when Allah swears by something. It is very important. What is the significance of Asr in terms of prayer times? Are our deeds shown to Allah at Asr? It is considered the most important of the prayers to, to make because most people are busy at that hour. Right? That's why Hafidhu ala salawati wa salat al-wusta Sayyid Aisha in her mushaf, she put a note, wa salat al-asr. Sacred workshops had to learn how to read again. Like we were talking about the goggles, how the goggles are going to be so bad for people, no one's going to read. And um, if you get addicted to that at a young age, and I could already see some naive and, and, and stupid parents giving kids goggles at the age of five. Their brain re- will be so wired in a certain way, they will never read a book. Okay? So, uh, we... We had to, I, 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 just from tablets, I had to relearn how to read because I couldn't stand reading anymore, right? I couldn't stand opening a book and look at it for more than one minute, get what I needed and leave. No, I had to relearn how to read. So now for the question of the significance of Salat al-Asr is that most people are busy during it. So that Salat al-Asr, if it should be observed properly because many people delay it. And that's one of the significances of swearing by al-Asr if we interpret al-Asr meaning Salat al-Asr. Imam, uh, can we see a manifestation of Allah in a dream? It is possible. Sayyidina Ahmed ibn Hanbal said he saw Allah's in a dream 99 times. Would you take a class on Islam by a non-Muslim academic? I wouldn't take a class by a non-Muslim academic and I would consider it even to be haram. And I wouldn't take a class by a fasiq, a, a heretical Muslim or a non-practicing Muslim. Islam should only be learned from a clean heart that is practicing Islam, right? That is known as a person of the Sunnah, that is vouched for by other scholars. We don't take our knowledge from any of these people and only it only leads to more and more confusion. And at the very least, at the very least, the academic setting is problematic because it encourages actions separated from knowledge. So it's never going to see... Okay, well, there is a saying of the Prophet, peace be upon him, that you can do this, that, and the other. All right, let's stop class and let's do it. Or tonight, schedule it, let's do it. They're never going to talk about that. Whereas every class of the deen that I've sat in, the sheikh is encouraging action upon the deen. So this idea of separating reading from action is a disease that will slowly settle into a person's brain and they're secularized completely. So... Read, don't do it. Before we go to Hajj and Omar, do we have to forgive people that wronged us? Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Right? How did Imam Nawi shave himself? I can tell you that what he said in his book is that it is recommended to shave everything of the aura, front and back and in between, because najasa and sweat and dirt, it collects there and it's unclean for the human being. We're a people of cleanliness, absolute cleanliness. All hairs of the body can be removed except for certain ones. Okay, so we do keep the man who keeps his beard and also the eyebrows have some rules for women so that it's not like it, 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 uh, it's something that can be misleading to potential suitors. So, but there is some room for that even. Okay, so there's discussion on that. But otherwise, the hairs of the body may be removed 
Because remember, these things collect sweat and dust and wasakha. Strangest, 14, sometimes I have a hard time extending mercy I see in the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. How do I deal with this? And please re- rephrase the question because I don't understand it. All right, let's go over to YouTube now. How to, how to get out of, of a rut from neglecting awrad. Why do we neglect awrad? We neglect awrad because we say it so quickly we don't benefit anymore. And when we don't benefit, we feel like you're wasting time. The awrad must be said with hudur. And once you benefit, right, then um, it's just sabr. Sabr, force yourself to do something. That's what discipline is. How can you balance like doing the awrad if you're with your family, for example, and you know, like they go out, like you know, you have a social family, they go out, and then you come home at like one a.m. Yeah, you know, like how? What, what do you do then? I, sometimes you have to find an escape, hmm. even from long gatherings from seven to one a.m. I'm not a slave. I'm, I need an escape here. I need to go get some fresh air, get away from everybody. Hmm. Right? Uh, is a Shia person Muslim? Yes, a Shia person is a Muslim, but they have. Aqa'id beliefs that contradict what is explicitly clear in Islam. Therefore, they're in a category called bid'ah, mubtadi'ah, and their good deeds are not accepted until they fix their beliefs. Simple as that. Minna says, Is it permissible to pray in a Christian's friend's house? Yes. Do I need her permission first? Yes. You should get permission to do anything in the house of another person. What's the Maliki opinion on drawing a person? It's makruh if it's the entire person. It's haram if it's the entire person and it's 3D like a statue. That's where it's haram. If those two conditions are met, it's three-dimensional, lahudil, and it's the full creation that could survive that way. That's haram. If it's one of the two conditions, it's makruh. If it's neither of the two conditions, it's halal. Such as drawing a head only on a flat piece of paper. There's no shadow, and it's not the full person. Halal. And you would avoid it to avoid the other madhab's prohibition of it. But in the Madiki madhab, that's halal. Mason Hakes, a new Muslim, joined our local new Muslim class. He's covered in tattoos and is a professional tattoo artist. Advice for keeping versus removing tattoos and career options. If the tattoo is a blasphemy of God, it must be removed. But if the tattoo is not a blasphemy of God, then it doesn't have to be removed. If the tattoo is an inappropriate image, like a naked uh, body part or something, then it should be covered. So for example, we had a brother, he had a tattoo of a woman that was obscene. She had to, he, we asked him to cover it when he comes to the masjid. Because it's obscene, right? But we, don't, we didn't re- ask him to remove it altogether. The other tattoos that he had that were not obscene, we didn't ask him to cover it. So that's the, the, the we're going to divide tattoos into three categories. You know, what about the cross? A lot of people have the cross. The cross, so it is a symbol of another religion. So it should be either removed or covered. Either you cover it permanently, like wear a sleeve, a Kobe Bryant type of thing, or, and some other, but someone asked, can I t- tattoo over it? And the answer is no. You're not going to solve a haram with another haram. But if he was to simply remove just like one bar, so that it's not a cross anymore. It doesn't have to remove the whole thing. Just remove enough that would not be a cross anymore. If he has the money, by the way. And if he can withstand the pain. It's extreme. Withstand the pain to get it, right? He should probably withstand the pain to remove it. 
What's the Maliki opinion on what was that? Uh, what's the Mu'tamad? Did I answer that? Hmm. A female family, we answered that. New Muslim joined, Maliki opinion on drawing. When did the Prophet receive Nubu'ah? Age 40. Can girls pluck eyebrows after marriage? Based on the saying of Sayyidah Aisha. Uh, Rashid al-Kabir says is Sadr the Mu'tamid opinion of the Maliki yes praying with the arms straight down is the Mu'tamid or the Mashhur or the well known and the well established Muftabihi opinion Minna says we answered her question Turquoise Sheikh Buti is very respected I really can't understand how he supported the tyrant Esed uh, he simply had the position that rebellion is not allowed period that was his opinion that was it Tanvir Patel. It's very hard for me to write a book now. I have a couple books that have to be edited still. And I hate the editing process. Eminem says, Is it fair to say that forgiveness by Allah means his protection from the punishment in the Akhirah? Yes, but you still have to undo the what we call, what we would consider the results of sins. So if you commit sins all the time and you make tawbah, but there, there is a, a bad habit that developed within you, that you will have to f- keep fighting against. Even if Allah forgave your sin, but you have to fight that bad habit. Aisha says, how do we fear Allah more than we love Him? Fear of Allah is fear of losing His love. That's what the fear of Allah truly is. And also, the fear of the consequence He's created in this world and the next. There are very bad consequences to sins. Sins, have, sins are not created alone. Every sin is created with a consequence. That is either in the dunya or in the akhirah, that either comes quickly or comes later. So for example, when you, when you drink alcohol, the consequence of alcohol does not appear right away. The natural consequence of alcohol comes the next morning when you wake up with a headache, right? Or, and you wake up in jail, and so, so, someone says, what did you do? Oh, you hit somebody driving, drunk. That's, the consequence comes later, in this life, before the next. What's the consequence of heroin? We see it, look at the guys that are heroin addicts lost all their money lost everything okay so Allah has never created any sin without a consequence right away I met a guy in an Islamic conference and it was one of the things I was a youth and he was a counselor by the way don't be so up in arms you know so excited and just give your kids to these Islamic conferences with the youth this guy was the youth counselor he spent the entire week telling us how he does zina. It was terrible. Yeah. Minna, North Carolina, 1996. I remember because it was like looking forward. It was really fun. He was the worst counselor ever. <laughs> I don't even know if it was true. But he did, what he said was true. What he did say was that, he said, there is no guilt feeling worse than after Zina. Maybe he was trying to teach us, right? But he said, there is no feeling. Like you feel that there's an abyss in your heart. Like you've fallen down an abyss inside your heart. And you say to yourself, I'm never doing this again. Then you come out of it, and the temptation of life, and you do it again. And he said, you feel like it's, maybe he was just trying to teach us, because I do remember that. And so the, the, the consequence of zina is right away. Okay, So everything has a consequence. So when we say fear Allah, it's fear the consequences. Fear Allah is also fear losing his reward. Dhikr other than salawat for dua to get answered don't move away from salawat if you want your dua answered keep it with salawat 
Uh, Maham Masoud did a master's at SOAS. Maybe she took classes with Ibn Iblis. Um, his name was Gerald Hawking. I think Hawking? Hawking. Gerald Hawking. Ibn Iblis, they call, used to call him. That's your alma mater, right? Yeah, SOAS. What do you think about the Imam did at Cambridge Central Mosque? The Queen believes in Allah, visits places of worship. She's a servant of Allah. She's not a servant of Allah in the as a mu'min, unless she believes in the Prophet ﷺ, but she's a servant of Allah in the sense of she's Allah's creature whom Allah is using on the earth. And I don't understand these people. They just want to bend the deen to everything popular. Because the Queen had her 70th Platinum Jubilee now we want to make her a mu'min? She doesn't want to be a mu'min. Why don't you leave her to be as she wants to be? Right? It's like a, it's like a dad who like really sees all the kids wearing like neon Jordans and he yeah. buys a pair of Jordans and comes to the basketball yeah. court. Don't, don't, it's, it don't, don't, don't uh, bend something so noble in the deen. And by the way, why would you force yourself on her? The lady herself does not want Islam. She knows about it. She doesn't want it. Right? Why would you make her a mu'min and a Muslim? Everyone in that respect is a servant of Allah. They're, they're fulfilling Allah's will on the earth. That doesn't mean they're beloved by Allah. Sensen says the time between Asr and Maghrib is too long during the UK summers. And you can't help to take a nap after Asr. You can take a nap after Salat al-Asr. What is makruh is that the uh, sleeping at the end of Asr and waking up after the sun has set. That's what's makru. That's where the Prophet says, if you wake up and your mind is gone, don't blame anyone but yourself. Okay? So that's what's makru. So taking a nap during Asr time or after Salat al-Asr is not what's the issue. The issue was sleeping at the end of Asr to the point that you wake up, you sleep when the sun is up, you wake up when the sun is down. You flipped your night and day. That's the problem. Muhammad Saud, Bashir, Soas, my masters, had non-Muslim lectures. Yes, so that's why you're coming to nothing but facts, to clear out all that nonsense that they taught you. And, they ta- and I attended some. I would never, ever attend any of these lectures except hating it from top to bottom and hating them too. <laughs> Who's this guy, Ibn, Ibn, Ibn Iblis? Ibn Gerald Harding? Yeah, but why, why is he Ibn Iblis? He's, he's one of the, wor- the worst causers of doubt. All his job is to create doubt in the Muslims. That's all his job is. Create doubt in the Muslims. You took a class with him? I never took his classes. But I know all the people, they would tell me, oh, he said this, he said that. And his nickname was Ibn Iblis. Even in... In, in Soas. So yeah. he's well known to... Like, oh, he's, he's known as... He, he knows his name is Ibn Iblis. Wow. Yeah. He's probably proud of it too. Oh, sure. Yeah. Yep. Nabila says, what does it mean, Shay lillah? It means sadaqah. Give me Shay lillah, sadaqah. And when they say it in the qasaid, they mean like, a dua. Shaykh lillah. Me, me, give me a nice dua. Ali says, if you wrong someone and you know this person won't forgive you, but you send out a Facebook post asking all that you have wrong to forgive you. Yeah, but if they haven't received it, then it doesn't count as in a request for forgiveness. Right? So if you truly want forgiveness from somebody, you need to make sure that they get the message. Okay. She knows him. She knows him. Oh, she she's knows Gerald Harding? Yeah, she's notorious. He's notorious, Ibn Iblis. I had a guy, he said, Ibn Iblis went on saying that the, this Isra and Mi'raj, that the Muslims themselves, he says, say it's a dream. And there was a Moroccan kid in this class. This kid was the son of a blue-collar restaurant owner, Right? 
he's just like taking a class. He was, it wasn't a master's for him. It was just class, right? And he said, no, no, that's not true. And he said, well, what's your source? I said, that's what they said in Sunday school. Happened <laughs> live. Sunday school. That was it. How do you read Dalail al-Khairat Hizb? Some people read one a day. It says Hizb 1, Hizb 2. Um, if the person refuses to forgive me, will I get bad karma? Inshallah you won't. If they refuse to forgive you, and Allah sees that you're sincere in seeking forgiveness, Inshallah it won't come around to you as negative, as something bad. Not karma in the Hindu sense, right? Karma in the... What is karma in the Hindu sense? Like in the sense that, you know, if someone says karma, you don't want them to believe that like the shirk version of karma. Which is what? Which is that, like, it's like, it's part of their deen to okay. believe that karma, I don't know, it's... Uh, All, well, from the perspective that we say it, and we mean it in their quick language of English, is what goes around comes yeah. around. Like, just That's the asbab, it. right? Like, asbab. Cause what, and effect. Cause and effect. What goes around comes around. The Prophet said, What goes around comes around. Okay? And literally says, the circle goes around. What goes around comes around. I'm just afraid you'd get clipped. You get Dr. clipped. Shadi says karma. karma is permissible. We have uh, hereby declared an official rejection of karma and all under Hindu terminologies, including yoga and all their nonsense and uh, everything about them. That's the official stance of Shadi Musri and Safina Society. Muhammad Daniel says, I feel so bad for some Muslim wives whose brother don't take care at all of their hygiene, like their breath is bad. Me too. Shaykh, how to inform your wife, inform wife of your family, relatives, perhaps not to trust or keep distance from without backbiting. You can tell them. Stay away from uncle so-and-so's coming. Stay away from him. Right? I'm not going to give you details, but all you need is to stay away from this person. Right? This person's not good. Someone says, Lily Shire, please translate the word aura. The word aura means your nakedness that is around your private parts between your belly button and your knees. That's the aura. Hajira says, Tahajjud, when we make Salat al-Tawbah or Salat al-Hajjah with a specific intention, should we make dua as well? Of course, you're doing this. Salah, those salah, those prayers are followed by tawbah, or dua. They are followed by dua, no doubt about that. Uh, what helped me with awrad was to memorize the word. Yes, memorize your awrad over time. The athkar of a sabah wal masa. Aisha says, "Should we fear Allah more than we love Him?" And we answered that already. Okay. Stranger says, "I see that the Prophet is very merciful, but I have a hard time internalizing that Allah is the source of mercy." Where did the Prophet get his mercy from? The Prophet himself is Allah's the manifestation of Allah's mercy. Because when Allah has mercy on you, is not always going to be direct. It's going to be mercy through somebody. Allah's mercy to a baby, does it come directly? Or does it come through the mom? Right? Allah's protection of a baby, does it come directly? Do you see Allah coming and protecting a baby? Or does He send the dad? Right? So Allah sends agents to fulfill His rahmah. And the Prophet is the greatest agent of, the, of Allah's rahmah. The Prophet himself said, that Allah said to him, Oh Muhammad, since you're so merciful to my ibad, I will give you their affair. You could control their hisab completely on the Day of Judgment. What did the Prophet say? You're more merciful than me. No, I will not be the judge. You're the judge. You're more merciful than me. Abi says, would, would the Shia at the time of Sayyidina Ali be a part of Ahlul Bid'ah? No. The Shia 
that term at the time referred to Shi'at Ali, meaning that was Ahl Sunnah. That was the correct group, the people who supported Sayyidina Ali at that time. What is it meant by Sulhi Kulli? I think what it means is a general peace treaty between people. Which shaykh do you recommend to watch? Rami Nasur, Yasir Fahmi, Yahya Rodas, Ibrahim Osiyafa, Abdul Karim Yahya, Sheikh Amin Muhammad, and Aqidah. He has some uh, classes, though, that are recorded. If you want to, it's good if you want to study formally. Nabila says, exclude, uh, please excuse my ignorance. I haven't seen anybody wear the hat style. Oh, it's about the hat. Uh, this hat was actually uh, made. None of these kufis fit well on my hat, so I asked a woman to make one. I need someone to make, like, a hundred. Apparently, they're hard to make, because the locals, they couldn't make it. The locals, you know, like... DIY or trying to make your own business seamstresses they don't know how to make it did you like draw it first? N- no I just said make it long big in the front short in the back alright if we love a blessing and we are grateful for it will Allah take it away from us if you are grateful, Allah will not take it away from you unless there is a reason that you will benefit from. Because Allah says, Wala in shakartum If you are grateful, I'll give you more. So therefore, we have to believe that. We must believe that. We cannot believe Minna? Why would you want to be a Shafi? I see that question, I'm going to address it right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, we should... We, we must believe in Allah's promises. Okay? So, if you're grateful for a ni'mah, and that ni'mah is taken away, you must believe it's a process of giving you something bigger and better. Now, let's see what kind of nonsense Minna is bringing here. Of course, a Shafi'i madhab is wonderful. Nobody disagrees. But we are trying to produce something here where we want to get good at two madhabs before we add the third. But we will add Arcview Shafi'i classes. Right, an arc, view, but not live, on site. And anyway, she's part of the Madiki class, so I don't like this flip flopping back and forth. What does she want to do? Jama'ah. I'm, am I allowed to follow the Shafi ruling to pray Jama'ah with only women? You don't have to become fully Shafi for that. If you want to do that, and there's a reason for that, fine, you can do that and follow the Shafi opinion on that. I don't recommend that. Or you could do another thing. You know, you know how the Hanafis and Madikis have women's Jama'ah. They gather all together, then they pray separately, then they recite the adhkar afterwards. You know how they recite adhkar afterwards? Together. So announcement before, some adhkar and dua after, and in the middle everyone prays by themselves. That's how you get a jama'ah of women to pray all together without it being a jama'ah. Why the Madikiyah and Ahnaf do not have jama'ah for women is because salah for them is purely restricted to what the Prophet's Sahabiyat did, and they never did that. There's no record that the Sahabiyat had that. And if there is a record, Madik viewed that record, that one ahad hadith to be not acceptable evidence in comparison to what he saw that they were doing. But you don't have to fully become a shafi to take a ruhsa like that. If there is a reason. Let's say you're in a group, right? Of 10 people. 10 women. And you're with them for a few days. And they're going to do that. I can understand that. 
right? Every single salah you're going to be away from them. I can understand that, right? But if you like, you have an institution, and the institution has an official madhab, then they would do the jama'ah the way I said. Turquoise, do we need to show respect to a Sayyid because of their lineage? Imam al-Nawi says, if you know someone is from Ahl al-Bayt, then you would naturally have some little extra mercy and forgiveness for them and a little bit of extra love for them because of who their grandfather is. Just as you would if you proposing to a beautiful woman and you see a random person on the street, then the person says, oh, I'm her uncle. Aren't you going to love him more? Because you want to get close to that woman, right? Moel says, can you expand on seeing Allah in a dream? No, Allah knows best about how, but we know that Imam Ahmad did. I heard Sheikh Ibrahim Osiyaf said, Say Naysa will have two kids and will name them Muhammad and Musa. Allah knows best. Maybe he has a hadith. Some of those videos, you know, some of those hadith are like threadbare hadiths, with all due respect, but uh, about those akhir of Zaman. But Allah Adam. And the, yes, we know that Sayyidina Isa will come back, marry, and fulfill the sunnah of marriage and children. Shay K says, receiving a tajalli that precedes you making dua for a particular thing? Mm. You just keep making the dua anyway. I have thoughts, Allah will not give me something because you have so many sins. Remove those thoughts. Allah does not give and not give because of sins. If you make tawbah, you're good to go. And you accept, believe in istijabah. Turquoise, is racism kufr? No, racism is a defect in the person, but a major defect, but we can't say it's kufr. Was Madik hit on the arms by the Umayyads and that's why he prayed down? No. That's not the reason. It's not the reason. Salafi propaganda. Nimra, is it okay to listen to the Quran on headphones while working out? No. Dhikr, yes. Quran, no. Quran cannot be while you're on uh, working out on the treadmill and stuff like that. Can women pray sadl? In the Madhika method, they do, yes. Hajra says, if we keep fail, falling into a sin after repenting, how do we balance that without letting affect our certainty of acceptance of good deeds? It's non-stop, non-stop tawbah. That's all it is. Non-stop tawbah. Also, Minna's question, if the entire family always prays jama'ah as women because they're Shafi'i, but she's maybe Hanafi or Maliki, can I go with them? Inshallah, that shouldn't be a problem. It makes sense, you know, break up your family ways of doing things. Okay? Yeah, that's fine. Inshallah, not a problem. Poor girl just wants to make salah with her mom. <laughs> make it so difficult for her. Make salah with your mom. No problem. Will Arcview slash Safina do or have already class on Al-Adab Al-Mufrad? Yeah, we did start it, but we never finished it. What is khushua? It is awe and honor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, uh, awe and fear combined and desire for Allah's reward at the same time. If a person says jokingly he is assimilated and another laughs at it, is it kufr? Assimilation is not necessarily just a problem, right? Assimilation? What's the problem with that? In what kind of assimilations? How, how are we on time? What time is it, by the way? 3.14. Is a narcissist considered a worshiper of other than Allah? No, it's not considered shirk in that respect. It's just considered a major, they got a flaw in their personality. 
What's the ruling on people who are born neither male nor female? This called, it's what is a chuntha, and there's two types. There's one that has no male or female organs, and they only used to survive, they never used to survive in the old days because their bladder would burst. But now they do survive because of medical uh, advancements. Such a person chooses a gender and lives by it. So even if they're not actually in a binary, but they must choose a binary. They must choose one and live by it. If they have both organs, then there's a difference of opinion how to choose. One dominant opinion that makes sense is how they go to the bathroom. If they go to the bathroom through their male organ, they must live as a male. Khadija says, are we able to pray Asr when Qasr? When we visit parents or in-laws, it's if it's the home that you grew up in, then it's considered that you pray regularly. If it's the home that you grew up in, did you see that a man offered to marry Saudi man offered to marry Amber Heard so that she he can help her pay back Johnny Depp? How stupid are we people? Seriously, how stupid? I mean, I guess he's just doing it as a stunt. It can't be serious, right? And why would you want her as a... As a she make, <laughs> you hear if you're you rich and you marry her, she's going to frame you. <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Do we follow Sheikh Sadiq's advice on their YouTube lives? I don't know what the advice is, so I can't tell you. Anika Ahmed says, I'm finally your law student out of India. I've recently been rediscovering Dean. Has altered my heart. I wish to study Islamically. How should I go about it? Either one of two things. Send us an email at info at We will ask Sheikh Nassar about the resources in Bilad al-Hind. What city in India? Tell us. In the in, uh, Anika, send us an email. Okay. And we'll, we'll find for you the resources in India. With I need to know the city that you're in. That's number one. Number two you can sign up for arcview.org and you can start taking the Aqidah classes there and the Fiqh classes there. Why are Syrian scholars regarded very highly? They're reputable and they have a history of, of study, of, 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 of knowledge. And the Prophet ﷺ said, told us, foreshadow, Tawheed will be in Sham and Yemen and the light of the Sayyidah Amina, where was it going when she was pregnant with the Prophet? Sham. Bilad al-Sham is very special. Prophet said there will always be 40 awliya in Sham. After what age must we make up misprayers? After bulugh. The age is bulugh. If a man released semen or if a girl had her period, that's called bulugh. From that time on, we owe those prayers. Okay. What's wrong with yoga? No, nothing wrong with yoga, but just lump it all the Hindu stuff together. <laughs> right? But stretching. It's, why don't you call it stretching? Right? Because I saw someone say, oh, watch me do yoga. I'm wait, waiting for something special. You're stretching, right? What the heck? Like I'm waiting for something like unique thing. All I'm seeing is you're stretching. Okay. And by the way, all these hot yoga guys, they end up being perverts anyway. Right or wrong. There are documentaries about them. They're all perverts anyway. Can I make thousand salats on the Prophet during the day or does it have to be after Isa or during Tahajjit? Any time in the day. Any time. How can one keep a positive outlook in a difficult times, such as getting a divorce, worried about my future, old age, being alone? Nah, stop that talk right now. That's the, that's the first beginning. Stop, don't even say these things. 
and start only thinking up a, a, a beautiful and positive future and imagining that and imprinting it on yourself through dua non-stop and belief that Allah will, will give you this, right? So you got to stop the talk and the negative trajectory by displacing it with a greater vision. What is your greater vision for yourself, right? You can't make dua for somebody, or for yourself, for something, if you don't know what it is. You have to have a vision in your mind. Ask Allah for inspiration. Get up in the last third of the night. Oh Allah, what's my future? What's a good future? And sometimes make it, it's much more simple. What makes you happy? What makes you want to get up in the morning, right? It's got to be something. And that's what you're going to start putting as your future. And I always have some index cards and I write down certain things on those index cards and I keep that in the car. Every time I enter my car, right, I look at it, right, and I read it to myself. It keeps my mind focused, right? Not distracted by anything else. It keeps my mind focused. And eventually you read it so much and you make dua for it so many times, eventually Allah will give it to you. We support your final stance of yoga pants. They are not safe. A.K.A. TikTok. It's all yoga pants. This is an effort made for yoga pants. Brother asked about going to the gym. I said, you have to just be careful of your eyes in the gym. You go to the gym. Can non-Muslim go to Jannah if they never received the message of truth such that they would receive it and reject it? And the message was accurate. The identity of Allah, the identity of the Prophet ﷺ, accurate. That type of person, uh, they never received the message. They will all go to Jannah. How to pray Salat al-Hajj? We have to do that because um, we have to actually get the screenshot, a picture, and put it up and read that, teach that dua. Maybe tomorrow, inshallah. All right, folks. We have a lot of questions here, right? A lot of questions. I think we have to stop, though. I can go on forever. Best advice for du'a to be achieved, salah on the Prophet and du'a in tahajjud. And leave off sins. Did Sayyidina Musa have multiple wives? Yes, and they were sisters. Then this became prohibited for us. Can't have sisters. As at the same time. After, then yes, but at the same time, no. I have a billion thoughts flock my mind when I'm praying and I can't focus on Salah. Uh, I would highly advise you that outside of Salah, make a lot of remembrance of Allah and don't be on your phone too much all the time because when, our, when we're on our phone scrolling all day, like when you get off, your mind is still craving that, that scroll. Yeah. Okay, so be very careful. How do scholars and students of knowledge balance studying Dean and dealing with their worldly affairs is a question by Shockwave, the new X-Man. Uh, there's a time and place for everything. Imam al-Ghazali has a long thing about how do you balance your time? There's a time to study, there's a time to teach, there's a time to earn money, and so on. There's, you have to just make a time and place for everyone. Okay, everything. Mr. Green, what is the ruling for people who are born? Oh, we answered that question. What, which one is better at tahajjud, salah or dua? In salah, you can make dua. In, tah- in sujood, you make dua. And before salam, you make dua. 
After using the bathroom, says Shafiq, making wudu and starting prayer. When you go into the course or Jude, it feels like drops came out. What do you do to do to solve that problem? When you leave the bathroom, you put water there on your private parts. So if you feel water later, you know you put it there. That's the advice of Sayyidina Omar. Are yoga pants... What's up with yoga pants? Are all yoga poses allowed to do if your intention is to get healthy? Certain yoga positions should not be done in public. Um, actually was a victim of this. Do you remember that? <laughs> you downloaded TikTok for a day? No. <laughs> I went out during COVID to eat at a halal, new halal burger place. So we went, let's go support these, this Palestinian halal burger place. The seating, of course, is outside. Everything was outside during COVID. So I'm sitting there eating. Now, uh, the owner says, can, can I encourage business by taking a picture of you? I said, fine. Saying, like, put it on my Instagram. More customers are coming. I said, fine. Now, what people, your brother, showed me later on. Place him a touch right? Behind me, the yoga class <laughs> had come outside. I know exactly. And all... <laughs> And the entire group of women were having that crazy pose, yeah. right? With their aura sticking f- right out. And that was, alhamdulillah, I was behind me. I couldn't see it. But that was the background, right? And he was making fun of me for that. But, <laughs> oh, but not all yoga pants, is, uh, yoga positions are to be done in front of people. I have a question. Or towards the Qibla, even. Yes. Um, so, it seems like, you know, in Arab culture... Um, it's like kind of regular from what I hear from like what my sister says. It's like it's regular for girls to wear like shorts and stuff around the house. But in like Desi culture, it's considered very like I... Arabs don't do that. Shorts in the house? Yeah. So then it's not all Arabs. Not that I've never seen any of that. Okay. Like shorts? Yeah. I've never seen that. So it's like a more modern thing. Like maybe an eight-year-old, nine-year-old girl, yeah. Even like adults. So this is not a thing of the Muslims then. I never seen that in the, okay. walking around the house. Thighs should not be showing. Okay. Yeah, even from Maharam, like your si- like sisters, aunts, we still don't. They don't show the shy thigh or like even like like the shoulder part, okay. right? Okay. So, question on Umm Ayah: Is it sunnah to wear a head covering in the bathroom? I never heard that. For what? Head covering in the bathroom. I've the, never the heard Shafi that. Says, uh, the Shafi have a sunnah for that. Must have for that. If legal professionals defend a criminal in helping them get a lower sentence, is that sinful? I don't think that the idea is, if you're a lawyer for a guy who's, you know he's the criminal, the idea is to just to get, you, get him a, uh, a fair trial. That's halal for you to do. Make sure the trial is fair. Let's say I know 100% he's guilty. That does not make him guilty. Evidence is what makes somebody guilty. Right? So I know he's the murderer. Fine. My belief in him as the murderer is one thing, but the prosecutor's got to provide the evidence. And I got to challenge the prosecution to provide the evidence, right? If you cannot provide him as the evidence, then he should walk. Our belief and knowledge that he's the murderer is not um, applicable at all if you cannot provide the evidence. And the Prophet knew one time that there was a woman that she committed zina. But he would not perform any punishment against her because there's no evidence, right? So there's no evidence. I heard one person saying the non-Muslim cannot go to Jannah 
because it's in the Quran that Allah has sent messengers to every nation. Every yes, messengers were sent to every nation, but the, the message did not reach every per person. That's a big difference. Okay, huge difference. For six hundred years, the truth was unknown. For like from after the time of Sayyidina Isa, when it got corrupted, until the time of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu there was no clear truth. Right, everything was corrupted. All those people are forgiven. That's the وَمَا كُنَّ مُعَذِّبِينَ حَتَّى رَسُولَ is a qat'i verse. Okay? It is a qat'i verse. And that's the basis of the aqidah. Nothing else. What's the best name of Allah? The name that you, that, that you need to call upon for your situation. So if you're having trouble having sabr, ya sabur. If you, want, if you have sins, ya ghafur. If you need rizq, ya razzaq. What, what about the iman of the parents of the Prophet Sallallahu the Prophet was not born to any mushrik. Why? Because he says, min khiyarim and khiyarim and khiyarim. I was born from the best of the best of the best. They were all the forefathers of the Prophet. Mothers and fathers were either were uh, hanifs. They did not have any paganism in them. If someone insult beloved prophet, he should be punished, or can we forgive? If he insult the prophet, how could you forgive? You have to leave it for the prophet to forgive. It's not up to you. He, the head of that is qatl. The head of that is getting backspaced. Go and delete. seek delete this person. Go, <laughs> go and seek your forgiveness from the prophet in the afterlife. All right, Maham says she's got to do have iftar and she needs us to wrap it up which is a good session. Selian is asking about the full podcast crew. There's literally no more time in the whole schedule. It's unbelievable. Like literally, Saturday night was like the only time, and that's the time for all family stuff, right? There's literally the whole schedule is packed. Okay. There's a petition go around to stop the showing of the Lady of Heaven. You know who the Lady of Heaven is, to be honest with you. Maybe this is something in England. That's their... Oh, it's a movie and someone's acting as the Prophet so I said. Okay, go get yourself punished then. And dimmed. Should we raise our hands in dua before salam while praying to Hajjid? No. Dua in salah, you just do it while your hands are down. Is salah in English valid? No, but dua in salah is valid if you don't know how to make dua in Arabic. But the salah itself must be in Arabic because salah is an ummah-wide thing and it has to be with one language as the Prophet did it in Arabic. So just learn Arabic. جزاكم الله خيرا everybody سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفر ونتوب إليك ويأسك الله سبحانه وتعالى that he accepts this hour of remembrance that he increases in beneficial knowledge and that Allah Ta'ala make us a service to the Ummah and make everyone here forgiven of their sins for this attending this uh, blessed uh, hour of remembrance and answering questions we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala to uh, give us consistency in serving the Ummah of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in ilm and in dua and we ask Allah Ta'ala to accept our dua ya mujibu ya mujibu ya mujib make iman sweet in our hearts and make the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam more beloved to us in all of creation we ask Allah to inspire us with the dua that he wants to answer for us so that we can be mujabid da'wah oh Allah we have desires and fears and needs and wants we ask Allah Ta'ala with full certainty that he will answer that you answer our dua and grant it for us and give us signs of your qabul and acceptance and give us the sabr until you've given us what we're seeking in this life and in the next and the most 
important of a dua is for our parents that Allah Ta'ala give them hidayah, give them full forgiveness, and make the last of their days the best of their days, and make their akhirah jannah without hisab. And we ask Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala for hidayah and istiqamah, and holding on steadfast to the sunnah of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, and that Allah Ta'ala make us happy in this life and the next. وَصَلَّى اللَّهُ وَبَارَكَ عَلَى سَيْدِنَا مُحَمَّدْ وَعَلَى آلِهِ وَصَحْبِهِ وَسَلَّمْ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ رَبِّ ال